you're about to listen to Brittle Star's really great podcast. The really great podcast is fueled by our well-caffeinated friends at Club Coffee. It's a it's kind of a misnomer because there's no actual club to join. They just they make like they they make coffee. There's no club, so don't don't get your hopes up. They make delicious compostable coffee pods that you can find at retailers across Canada, like Loblaws, Amazon, and Costco. And they're Canadian too, eh? If you're not into coffee, sorry. Hey, it's Brittle Star here. Um, it's uh, autumn. I get made fun of for saying autumn, but uh, mainly by my wife Shannon. But that's—I just like to give her something, one flaw that she can hang on to in a sea of perfection. She can hang on to one one flaw. And uh, we're back with the podcast and uh, doing things a little bit differently, um, adding a little bit of uh, a little bit of a time for you and me just to hang out for a little bit. You know, the beginning uh, of the podcast episode uh, before we get into the conversation. And I'll be, uh, yeah, and that whole idea was uh, was my eldest son Owen's idea, who does the uh, podcast editing and uh, production, makes it sound good, all that kind of stuff. Uh, stops me from saying stupid things, uh, which is probably good too, and does it all for very, very little money, which is even better. Um, but he said, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit of the time where it's just a little, uh, you know, an opportunity for, for for me, Brittle Star, not my real name, and you, the listener, not your real name, to just kind of hang out. You know what I mean? And I thought, well, that's great. That sounds like a really good idea. I mean, I listen to a couple podcasts, but I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. And uh, I thought I want to make this an enjoyable experience so that if you're putting it on, you know, in the commute uh, or you're heading somewhere or doing something, that you, you know, you know that you, uh, you're aware of the fact that I'm aware that our time together is special. And uh, that's probably overselling it. I shouldn't have said it like that. Special. I should have said something like, you're, our time together is important to me. That doesn't sound good either. Your time, our time together is pretty, pretty good. That's probably better. Anyway, I really enjoy doing these podcast series, and I'm really excited to uh, to start another new series with this uh, first episode of the second series. And um, I mean, again, like I've said before, I, I enjoy uh, talking to people, and um, I enjoy talking to people that I kind of I have known of before I get a chance to talk to them. And today's episode is actually a pretty good example of that. Um, you'll be able to hear who we're talking to shortly, but I mean, I'm pretty excited because I knew of this person uh, before um, they were friends with me. And uh, I still have that sort of, I have the ability still to separate myself from them and the friendship. I can kind of like back up a little bit and be like, you know, I don't just see them as a friend still. I can see them as a friend or as that sort of two-dimensional character that I knew of before I actually knew them personally, which is kind of fun. Um, but it's a great conversation today. It's super, super fun. I was just going back over it, and uh, it is a riot. It is so much fun, and I know you're going to really, really enjoy it, and uh, you're going to love this guest as well. But thank you so much for listening to the podcast, uh, the Brittle Stars Really Great Podcast. Thanks for spreading the word, and... Uh, I guess I should just get to it, right? So today we're talking to... Well, I'm Adam Grow. If you are Canadian, you might be most familiar with me as being the cash cab guy. If you are one of Brittle Star's international uh, fans, you'll go, we have our own cash cab guy or gal, <laughs> and it's not you, because it's been in over 30 different countries. But I'm also an entertainer, a comedian, a corporate event host, and a family man, family person, I guess. So that's that's who I am, as, <laughs> as, as at the highest possible level. But whenever <laughs> I talk to you and you talk about yourself, there's always like a uh, an apologetic tone to what you're saying. Yeah, and and it's kind of like, yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, you might remember me from Cash Cab, but. Uh, but listen, if you're upset with me, and you probably are, uh, it's because you don't know me from that, and you're not from Canada. So you right. don't need to apologize. Well, I just, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's because I'm doing a lot of online corporate events now. I, I typically do a lot of corporate events yeah. pre-COVID, 
bricks and mortar resort destinations, but mostly for Canadian audiences, a little bit in for American audiences. But now that we've got the legitimately online global digital mm -hmm. media audience for, I just did an event where, you know, they, they looked at my questions that I was doing on the interactive quiz show. And they also looked at, you know, some of my monologue stuff that I custom wrote for them. They go, we just need to de-Canadianize it because <laughs> there's about 20% of our, our sponsors and vendors and whatever who are from Canada, which is great because they're very excited to have you on board. But then there's yeah. all the Americans who have no idea what the two racehorses are who are in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. They just don't know those. I'm like, well, I'm here to inform them, you know, so that that kind of thing. I'm just about learning moments. Do you know what the two racehorses are? Because I don't know what the two racehorses are and I'm Canadian. Well, this is just it. And then and then the uh, Canadian side of things are like, well, we are Canadian and we have no idea what you're talking about either. So listen, maybe Cash Cab Guy, it's a whole rebranding. That you know, I, I just did an <laughs> maybe event. Maybe you could do something else. Maybe. Could... Yeah. Exactly. Maybe trivia is not your thing. Maybe <laughs> you got to know your audience. You're asking questions. They're too hard. I did like three or four events this week. Uh, one of them, including my daughter's 17th birthday. Uh, and so wow. I write questions. All, yeah, I know. But I, you know, that's like, obviously I didn't charge my full rate. So <laughs> that one. Well, no, it's fair. But I write all my questions. I, I like to have the hid, the hidden nuggets. And then, so I, I think that she really appreciates my sense of humor, but mm. like the, some of the people who were attending her party were like, how are we supposed to know that? I'm like, well, I want you to go away from this party with like a learning moment. And they're like, oh, just make it simple. Right? You know, I was just doing obscure, obscure trivia. Some people are like that. I think that's pretty high praise though, getting the, to have your daughter, like, did you just force that upon her celebration or did, or did she actually say, hey, yeah, that'd be fun, dad. Well, it's, it's A, uh, for all of my family, for all of our events, they are always like, okay, yeah, you can do your trivia, of course, Ooh, my friends. But Lily in particular, uh, <laughs> because her room is above my home studio, she knows right. all of my bits and all right. of my questions. Yeah. And so she says, yeah, you can do it, but you need to bring some new content. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So she's very, That's amazing. Like, and plus I've done her, I do her birthday parties every year or when we're having a gathering for her yeah. soccer teams in the past, she goes, it's gotta be all new content. I've heard all your stuff. And so this was all, and that was a challenge. I like that. I was all brand new content for her, but I, I'm making it sound like I do birthday parties. I don't do birthday parties. I, <laughs> I kind of wish you would now. Birthday. I kind of wish you would just do birthday parties. <laughs> it, is, it would be yeah. really great to just be like, just show up at some kid's birthday party and be like, is that the guy from cash camp? Is that, is that yeah, what's happening here? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a, that's a lucrative side hustle you could get into. I think you should not discredit it so quickly. I think it'd be fantastic. Oh, it would be like a, a, a um, you know, like a, a moonlighting gig, the bar and bat mitzvahs, birthdays. Yeah. I've got mm -hmm. lots of content for that because I've done all through my entire family in terms of those things. But the thing is for you is that you are, uh, and, and you, I, I think you're, you're, you're comfortable with this. You're so iconic though. And I, and I don't say that in jest. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm saying it actually. And I, I've told you this before that um, when we first met, uh, it was it was exciting for me because I immediately knew who you were. Um, and because you can't go into a hotel in this country without seeing you, as soon as you turn the TV on, you turn the TV on and it's the, here's how to check out. And you're like, oh, no, I know how to do it. You change the channel. The first channel you go to, it's you. And it's it's a cash cab episode from 19... 19... Something or other. And yeah, um, okay, easy, careful sorry, how far early you're going 2000s, back there. Early 2000s, early 2000s. <laughs> and, uh, but then when, you know, we've been lucky enough to meet a bunch of celebrities and uh, iconic people. And the one that was the most exciting for both of uh, my sons, who are now 19 and 22, was you. Like they were stoked to meet you. Like even like, well, first of all, Owen, our older son, he, uh, he was like really nervous to meet you. And then, uh, and then even more surprisingly is our younger son, Gregor, who doesn't flinch ever. Like he doesn't, he, uh, like with Gordon Ramsay, he was like, let's take a picture like this. And he was like d commanding. And, uh, uh, he was like nervous to meet you as well. They're both really nervous too. So you, I mean, like you're totally, like, you, you still get people like when you head out to the grocery store, you're like, oh my God, are you the, guy, are you the cash cab guy? Do you get people walking over to you? 
Well, there there is an ongoing thing, especially when I'm out with my family, you know, not as much during the pandemic, but, you know, if we were out at, at an airport or at a restaurant mm. or, you know, at a mall or on a road trip, there was always the moment where people around us would start to have the recognition factor. And sometimes it would require me saying something out loud, right? It's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, could you biggie my fries with that? And be like, hey, what? I recognize that voice. You know, like, uh, not that I'm going to fast food. I thought it would be something more like, you know, you'd have to say something out loud, like from the show or something like that. Do you want a chance to double your money? Yeah, that's right. The video bonus question uh, everywhere. No, so, the, and my kids would start to notice, like, they're starting to recognize you, Papa. Yeah. And so I, you know, because I don't like making a big deal out of, uh, these things, I would kind of play, you know, coy or aloof with people, but not in a mean way. And they'd go, someone would come up to me and say, oh, dad, listen, I, I hate to bother you at, at the restaurant right now. I know you're trying to have some family time, but are you? And I'm like, ah, did, I don't know, did we go to school together? Did we go to university? And they're, no, I, but I reckon, I, are you? And I'm like, yes, I am Rick Mercer. And, uh, so, and then it was another Canadian iconic celebrity who looks a little bit. You have similar like hair. It could be me. So, very, you, have, you have similar uh, hair. Right now, right now, yeah, yeah. Go to the clip, and you'll see my hair is poofing. Uh, it's pandemic. No, it looks great. Uh, it's it looks fantastic. It looks lush. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there is the recognition. <laughs> I was just out. Here's one. I was just out with a dear friend and colleague from way back. Uh, we see each other every year or two, but we keep in touch. Mm-hmm. And she's just a lovely, brilliant, intelligent professional. And we were catching up on a patio with some coffee. Uh, really, you know, looking, going down memory lane and talking about what's going on currently. And then all of a sudden someone comes out. I shouldn't be laughing at this right now. Someone comes out on the patio and screams from the other end, does anybody know the Heimlich? And I was like, what, what did she just say? Does anybody on the patio know the Heimlich? And one of the other things that you probably remember about me is my big overreaction to the past five, six years of the world around us was I went back and got not only certified as a Canadian Red Cross first aid uh, practitioner, yes. but I upped my quals and became a certified Canadian Red Cross first aid instructor. Right. That was that was my take on what was happening in the world. You know that about me. You looked at the news it. and you're like, people are going to be choking everywhere. Yeah. No one's chewing anymore. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. It's like everybody needs uh, someone in a restaurant because yeah. uh, when they come back they're they're not going to be used to eating in a public place. And they're going to be like, how do I swallow food now? I don't. And I'm there for them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for masticating emergencies. So anyways, so I, I've always kind of said, you know, I've been in some first aid situations, none of them, most of them not horrible, uh, but I always say, what, how will I react? And I just, you know, I popped out of my seat, <gasps> ran inside immediately and started providing first aid response to an elderly woman who had been choking on what apparently was a cracker or she was eating some soup. By the time I got inside, she was making noise and there was someone, another patron in, in the in the cafe who was getting behind her and was about to do the abdominal thrust and i'm like stop but he wasn't famous so whatever exactly get out of the way yeah, i'm famous no, it, was, it was it was a young woman i was like get out of my uh, you know, so i i just elbowed that person uh they were only blacked out for a moment uh but anyway so like i just stopped everything and i don't you know who i am don't you know who i yeah, am do you do you want her to save you or would you rather have the cash cab guy <laughs> And I know my audience. My demographic are the octogenarians, right? They're the ones that still have sure. cable. Yeah. They haven't become untethered, yeah. right? It's like... They don't know how to change the channel. Your two sons at 8 to 12-year-olds and everybody over 81 are huge Cash Cab fans. That's, that's right. That's my fan. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, we <laughs> I provided some... Uh, first aid to make sure that the situation was calm. And then I started to get that moment where people were like, wait a second, what... What just who? What just happened? Because like, and they weren't sure what to say. It's like, is this a bad time to get a selfie? Or you know, it's like nobody had gone unconscious or anything like that. But you could see the the wheels turning in their heads. Like, did you stick around and play it up a little bit? You like sort of like roll your sleeves up and like loosen your collar. All right, everyone. Yeah. Crisis averted. Yeah, that's right. Now uh, here, pictures. here's your uh, here's your your uh, red light challenge, everybody. Five things <laughs> that you can choke on. No, I'm just kidding. 
So. It'd be good if you were doing that while you were doing the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. Here's your red light challenge, everyone. Uh, right. By the way, um, copyright issues, can't call it the Heimlich. The family has put the copyright on that. You have to oh, call really? it abdominal thrusts. Why would... Yeah. That's the family of on the person that invented that wants uh, they wanted to a little cash royalty in on it. money. Uh, so anyway. Uh, and I mean, really. I mean, invented's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Oh, someone's choking. Uh, oh, I know what we can do. Get behind them and just squeeze them really hard. Yeah. And quickly. Uh, well, I've put out like uh, copyright on uh, back blows, which is another method. That's good. So anytime anybody yeah. says back yeah, blows. For, young, for babies, right? Right. Yeah. Back, you know, for adults as well. Yeah, back blows. So, and right. same, and yeah. so I'm making big money on the MME, like for in the cage matches. Uh, every, you know, every time yes. Joe Rogan says something, I'm getting some back blow dollars yeah. right there. Cha-ching. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing story about saving someone's life like that. I mean, it it uh, it reminds me uh, about uh, Harrison Ford rescuing those people on the mountain in a helicopter. He flew a helicopter, and they gets out of the helicopter, and and uh, and they're like, "Is it you, Harrison Ford?" I mean, it's nothing like that story in as far as heroics goes, or or just optics, but still, it's it's somewhat similar. And it reminded me of that story. So, um, well, first of all, I can't say that I saved her life. She was she was fine. I just prevented anything from escalating. <laughs> so she was why did you? She, she, well, why did you engage? She obviously wasn't fine. Well, if you were engaging, well, you didn't walk up and go, "Listen, you might think you're done choking, <laughs> yeah. but let's just check." No. I I provided the kind of first aid that is non-intrusive when someone doesn't need an abdominal thrust because that could cause a rib injury or other problems. Sure. So I, I made yeah. her uh, lean over and cough. Like, this is just first aid talk. But then I, I saw it as a learning moment with everybody in the cafe. I said, I am the cash cab guy, so this is what we're going to do. We didn't have to do the <laughs> abdominal thrusts or the back blows on this elderly woman. Yeah. But um, yeah. if you could swallow that cracker again, let's see what happens when she actually can't <laughs> breathe or make any noise. Here we go. And she was a gamer. She was a player. She was, uh, yeah. you know, she She's was- up. You know, uh, we're going on tour. She and I are going to go traveling across a coffee shop. She just eats crackers yep. on stage. Yep. She just like jams a whole bunch of crackers in her mouth until she can't breathe. She was a little sweetie. She was, oh, and like as soon as she realized she was okay, she was like, and I have to tell you a funny story. Like she literally still has <laughs> the soup down the front of her shirt from spinning it up. And I've just kind of made her cough the cracker out without giving her a dollar. So I live up this, I've been in this neighborhood. And by the way, I, every time I do an impersonation of an elderly woman, it sounds like, it sounds like Grams from Dawson's Creek, if you watch. Oh, Jennifer. I don't know if you watch that, but I'm watching that with my teenage daughter. It's always Grams from Dawson's Creek. And she's, I've lived up the street for 50 years and I've come. And I'm like, oh, you're a, I'm glad you're going to have uh, many more days. Why, uh, many, many more days. Gentlemen, <laughs> many more days. I didn't know what to say. You could, I hope you, you have another 50 years. She's sized up her age and you're like, you're going to have uh, many more got, happy days. <laughs> you've, got, <laughs> you've got many more hours to, and then the, the gentleman she was with, I, well, I'm, we're, we don't live together. I just wanted her to come and try the soup. And I told her to do that. I'm just like, no, really? the most adorable so it was like a bit of a couple. clandestine yeah. romantic meeting. And he was like, ah, oh, crap, this woman's going to die on me right in the middle of this affair. He's probably left his wife at home. Like exactly. they've probably been married for 75 years. He's out having soup and crackers with a woman. It's like, don't die on me now, lady. I'm, you know, I'm. Anyway, that was my uh, that was my recognized cash cab guy moment. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I've never had to save oh, anyone's life, thankfully. Maybe I've maybe I've missed my mm. chance a couple of times. If so, I'm sorry oh. if you're if no. I did. That's a terrible. You idea. you save our lives with your humor and your poignant stories in your little TikToks. <laughs> and they, <laughs> You have saved me many times. I have had to cleanse my feed. Uh -huh. And when I see your post, I go, thank goodness. Because oh. I was about to go on another yeah. rant and tirade. And you just nail it, Brittle Star. You are a champ. Yeah. Well, thank, I appreciate you saying that. And it's often been said that my content is the social media equivalent to Bran. So it just clears it right out. It just gets everything <laughs> cleared right out, which is nice. Uh, you make me regular. <laughs> Frequently. Well, that's it's, good. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, better out than in. That's the thing, right? You know what I mean? Let's just call it the Brittle Star Movement. <laughs> the BM? 
The BM, yeah, is what I'm. It's what I was. I don't getting. like how easily that worked out. That was a bit too on the nose. Uh, so why well, you mentioned that you were you got into this because one of the things that amazed me, and first of all, I'll, actually I'll go back and I'll say, like having met you and talked to you, and, and I made fun of your intro because I said you always sound slightly apologetic, and you do. You are you are incredibly modest and and humble, uh, and uh, until I drag stories out of you, because I'm like, come on now, quit playing around. Quit this drop this yeah. whole modesty shtick because no one's buying it. <laughs> Actually, people do buy it. They love it. But you you did this first aid thing. You got into really really got into first aid. You would do this amazing thing where you would like entertain and train people. Edutrain them, I think they call it. At least that's what I'm calling it right now. So you edutrained people in first aid. And uh, and then you you really got into it, but like you said, you your overreaction the past five years was so. You saw Trump coming in, you're like, you know what's going to need? I someone's going to need to know how to do a yeah. sling. Someone's going to need to know how yeah. to do that. Yeah, there's going to be. A lot I of saw bones. the and it dovetailed into the pandemic because of course yeah. he was still in office, and I and I don't mind saying my you know my overreaction mm-hmm. to Trump and the Trump era, which trickled into Canada yep. and dovetailed into the pandemic and what I would call the anti-pandemic movement, mm-hmm. which is you know unfortunately uh, alive and well in both in in the Western world and vertically in North America. Yep. it's it's frightening. So uh, my overreaction was to get first aid trained and become an instructor. I even went as far as to train myself just in case in Krav Maga for some you you did know, really military. <laughs> you did ba- not. Yeah, I my I was completely. Off the chart. You should have. It's unbelievable. You I went paramilitary like, with I'd a little say, bit of a medical background. That's good. But but not. But reactionary. Like you know that is my, first aid and Krav Maga is designed to uh, be reactionary, <laughs> not go out and look for problems. So I wasn't. I knew I wasn't going to pack a no. gun. I wasn't going to get a permit. Sure. I wasn't going to be aggressive. I just said I can. I can help people, but I need to be able to protect myself on the street. That was right. my overreaction. Because if you're like heimlicking some old woman and someone comes up to you, you're like wah wah Krav Maga. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Get them in a chokehold. Yeah, um, uh, uh, saving the choke choke injury person, and also get out of a chokehold yourself. Yeah. That would be that's that's a, pretty good. A cool video. Yes, <laughs> they call but, that the Adam like, Grow maneuver. Patent that. But I will not. The I was not the only the AM the the AGM. There we go. So yeah, then we got fair. the BM. Yeah, we yeah. got the Brittle Which Star my, movement. I'm on the, the losing end of that of the acronym thing, but that's okay. Uh, you, that's all right are definitely on the losing end. So you did Krav Maga, which I can't believe that you did that. It's just, you honestly it's did that? so out of character. Yes. It is so, like, I am, I am uh, borderline germaphobe, and I am registering for a course where I'm, this is pre-COVID, of course, I'm yeah. registering for a course where I'm going down into some padded sub, sub-basement with padded floors and walls and squaring up against people with tattoos and outweigh me and in, in in sparring self defense uh, and you know it was the sweatiest messiest thing yeah. I've ever done but the workout was like high octane so I was kind of addicted to that for a little while. Um, Did it say crap got anywhere it, on the door or anything like that or was it just a basement that you went into and that's what they were doing? It was just like um, on sale uh, orange Julius uh, drinks <laughs> uh, smoothies. Healthy smoothies yeah. and punch in the face. Punch in oh, wait, the face. what did I say? Did I say punch in the face? Sorry. Um, <laughs> but my point is, Brittle Star, that I'm not the only one who overreacted. I think no. millions of people overreacted sure. when Trump came into power and what continued to happen. And other people's overreaction was they started to believe in um, the existence of satanic pedophile oh, rings. Yeah. Uh, that would uh, harvest the blood from children in order to stay young. Yes. And the only person that can put an end to these satanic pedophile rings is Trump, who is actually QAnon, um, and that's their overreaction. So I think on the side of overreactions... If you hold those two um, up side by side, your overreaction (laughs) and that overreaction... It seems, right. even, sure, there might be some questions involved with your first aid slash Krav Maga thing, but at the same time, yeah. comparatively, seems somewhat same. Yeah. And listen, if any anti-vaxxers or anti-maskers also know first aid, uh, I salute you. 
If you are also trained in saving lives, I think that that's noble and beautiful. Well, yeah. Uh, get your shots. Get your shots. Get your shots. Saying. Exactly. But the thing is, you can't. You can't <laughs> do the. You can't do the. Uh, what's it called? Back. No. What was the? What's the new Heimlich maneuver called again? Abdominal thrust maneuver. Abdominal thrust. That just yeah. sounds like my dance move, but uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> you, I mean, you couldn't do that with a mask on. You know, you don't want a big chunk of steak flying right into your mouth. You just go straight back in. You know what I mean? So if you are, if you, if you're giving someone abdominal thrusts and the steak <laughs> that you puncture out yeah. is going down your throat, I'm telling you right now, you need to be retrained, Brittle Star. I need to get you back into the edutainment class on how to do a proper abdominal thrust. Yes, yeah. um, it would be a, like a pretty, an incredible abdominal thrust if the steak flew out and then went it ricocheted off a wall <laughs> and then went into in, your own throat in the, and then down your throat and you said this is why this is why i am against vaccinations exactly. <laughs> is it am i saying it right is it krav maga or krav maga how do i say it krav maga k-r-a-v right krav maga next word maga m-a-g-a yeah it is basically um inspired by the israeli military's yes. type of um, hand-to-hand combat um there are some weapons training like we got into you know protecting yourself from a knife or a gun attack but you know i never really got that you know and you might remember this so my overreaction got me into this situation where i was doing this high octane workout <laughs> sparring with people yeah. and i was horrible i've never I've never really had a fight in my life, except for like maybe right? grade Not even school, in school or just back like in grade school, maybe? 20 seconds. Like, you know, I I got a, you know, lick a couple of licks in and like yeah. something in the, on the schoolyard, sure. honestly. And I'm always about diffuse, diffuse, diffuse. If I've yeah. ever been in like a situation at a bar in my college years or adult years where things were kind of escalated, diffuse, because that's the art we have. We have the art of word. That's right. And I would break out and break out into song and dance. Yeah. That's my specialty. Um no, I don't sing or dance. So here I am fighting with people and sweating like you wouldn't, it's just gruesome and and uh, and horrible. But um, eventually, you might remember, I got very sick a couple of years ago. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, I got shingles. In, uh, and it was, we don't have to go on and on about that, but it was the most horrible thing I've yes. ever been sick with. Yeah. It was oh, on many levels. It was the most disastrous thing for me personally. Uh, and so after many, many months of recovery and I'm fully recovered, uh, and which is not always the case because I had a secondary infection, which was full par- paralysis of the left side of my face Awful. because my cranial nerve got infected with Ramsey Hunt. So anyway, horrible, horrible, horrible. Eventually I got in to see a top neurologist mm-hmm. and uh, she was like, you know, I've seen a little bit more of this happening in people that are younger. I mean, I know you're in your early 50s, but there are 30s, 40s coming in. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, the vast majority of time in terms of what triggered it was the individuals were overdoing it. So how about you? <laughs> Have you been overdoing it a little bit? It's like, um... If you count playing basketball once a week, hockey twice a week, going a run for my days in between on my off days, and then twice a week going into a padded basement and letting people who outweigh me by 60 pounds beat me up, yeah, maybe I'm overdoing it. I don't know. So I had to give up the Krav Maga. That was the first thing that went off. I'm not saying I got shingles doing Krav Maga. No. I'm just saying my body was sending me a message. My body was like, listen. Maybe maybe just the Krav Maga. Cash cab guy, stick to obscure trivia that your daughter's teenage friends have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. That's, that's your core competence. I just, I can't get over the thought of you uh, going into some basement and... And really, I don't know, because like, there's probably not some sort of signage up like that. It just could just be any basement. You could have, you might have been in the, the building next door and you just happened to walk into a basement full of guys who wanted to beat you up. And it was men and women and bo- and all of them could beat me up. Well, that's, I, I mean, everybody was. But I mean, this is, this is just a testament to your character, always giving. I mean, how exciting would it be for a lot yeah. of those people to be like, you know what I did last night? Beat the shit out of the cash cab guy. It was fantastic. <laughs> that's right. That's another moment was the, the recognition factor there was like, you know, because. I was pretty low key. I was like going yeah. in there and I didn't really say a lot sure. and stuff like that. And, and eventually people recognized me and it was like, it, it kind of takes things off, you know, <laughs> off track a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then it did give me an excuse when you, like you, 
you do this high octane workout. It's a military, about a seven to 10 minute boot camp workout. Like I didn't expect that. Like I yeah. just thought, you know, I'm gonna learn how to learn how to block a punch. Yeah. And it was like, get down on the floor, give me ten push-ups. That's not enough. Hold the plank for two minutes. I was like, there's guys screaming at me like I'm in the army. I'd never had that kind of training before, so it was high. But then eventually, once you've done like the warm-ups, and it's, I would say it's impressive how well guided they are in terms of the training. Very, very professionally trained. Mm -hmm. um, but then you do eventually square up with somebody randomly. You just pick some. Okay, you. you what do you mean you randomly? What do you mean randomly? Well, because it's just a group of people, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like, okay, match up, match up. We're gonna do some blocks and chokes, and it's like, and so you just kind of look at somebody that's in the room. You go, okay, well, okay, you and I, we're gonna start, you know, sparring because you have to mat. You have to work in pairs when you're doing the specific of course. training. Yeah, and that would, and then once people knew who I was, I'd be like, okay, listen. So I do need my teeth, and uh, <laughs> I do need to not have a black. So we, when you're throwing the punch, yeah. just hold up a little bit and they're like um no right you yeah, exactly. you gotta block sorry this. pretty boy like, yeah <laughs> yeah, like okay, all right. So you know, I had the mouth guard on. And, yeah, you know, like you could wear head protection and stuff like that. Uh, I'm definitely wearing a cup, right? Because uh, there's kicking and oh. Anyway, I I gotta be honest with you. I miss it because uh, it's unlike anything. You have to like you talk about times where you're like, I need to kind of get away from my life. I need to escape into a book or a movie or yeah. a nice walk and not really think not have the journey like Krav Maga you cannot think about anything other than the person who's about to throw a punch at your face yeah like that's you have to focus and uh I don't know if that's like the kind of non-stress environment that you would want but uh for about nine months it's like yeah. a Canadian fight club that you're basically you can make a whole movie about it I think it'd be fantastic yeah yeah <laughs> Famous TV personality goes to Krav Maga or what he thinks is Krav yeah. Maga class in basement of neighbor's right. house. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out doesn't exist. All the other people are dead already or something like that. It was just something like that. Some sort of twist at the end. Um, sorry, you were at Crew Magoo. I don't know what you thought you were taking. Um, there is Krav Maga. That's a professional, highly regulated um, system of training, but you were at Crew Magoo and... Yeah, that's why you have a broken nose and a detached retina. <laughs> the people in the class with you as well, I just started talking to their friends saying, yeah, what have you been doing? Well, I go to this thing. I thought it was Krav Maga, but they just send a different TV guy in every now and then. We'd beat the crap out of them. Yeah. 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 So, and sorry, you know, they, after eight seasons of Cash Cab, uh, it was canceled because I need them in the in the in the knibblies and he can't <laughs> you can't, he even can't sit, sit for any long yeah. periods of time <laughs> you can't turn around sorry no more cash cab exactly you're not just facing listen, straight on you can't turn around and look back over the seat anymore which is the thing but at least all those people that train with me now know how to protect themselves when a nerdy tv um, host attacks guy them. <laughs> um attacks them right they're like i'm confident <laughs> <laughs> that if if Jerry D ever turns on me, I'm ready. I can oh, take him down. Jerry D is like you know, like the Rock compared to me. Like they would be like, yeah, okay, we were, we started with Cash Cab Guy, yeah, but we're working up to Jerry D, and eventually um, we're gonna get uh, Arissa Cox. I don't, there's no way I'm gonna be able to take on Arissa. She's just no. the master. She's yeah, like, no, she'd do it with a cigarette in her mouth as well, probably. It's it's fascinating that watching you change over the past, like since we've come to know each other. Because of course, like you know, knowing you from television and stuff like that, and we were one of the one of the people that I'm really glad I got a chance to know uh, and to meet in person. Um, and you know, having seen met your family and all that kind of stuff, and you're you're such a family guy. And it's also really interesting to see how when like the pandemic hit, and even before that, coming from television, you're like okay. I'm going to do stuff online. It's like you do your, you, you do your trivia shows and they're all remote. Like you've been, you've been busy this past year and a half during the whole pandemic garbulence. Well, um, let me start by giving you some Intel into that inquiry. Brittle star <laughs> is that I, I have to give a little bit of credit 
to my transition to the social world and the digital world to you because oh. I also feel very fortunate to have met you and your family. I'm glad that it's re reciprocated. And I don't mind telling you, I just find uh, you to be not only a professional, but a personal inspiration. And so when I see the amount of content that, uh, since we've known each other, that you put out there uh, for people to enjoy, it's always been very impressive. I'm a content creator, but I've never been that prolific in terms of online content. So part of the inspiration for me was when the pandemic hit in March, 2020, I was like, okay, everything that I normally do is basically gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like millions of people around the world who are like, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And so I was very fearful because as a content creator, I was like, I'm going to have to go to a domain, a landscape mm -hmm. that I'm not as versed in and not as familiar with. And I don't have much of a, uh, of a profile in social media. My traction has always been soft because I've never really, not that it would be if I churned out content, uh, you know, I just haven't really right. addressed it in any sort of aggressive way. So when you look at my social media platforms, um, I just don't have uh, a, a lot of, Traction. So I thought, you know, you're not going to, uh, you know, turn on a dime and all of a sudden become a brittle star, but you got to start somewhere. So I, you know, I started, you know, I said, if, if he can do it, that's basically, uh, no, I didn't say that. That's a, I just that's said, what I've done um, for the, that's what I've done for the greater good right. is I've shown people, look, look, he's an idiot. He can do it. <laughs> yeah. he's, look at that guy. Surely I'm better than that yeah. guy. And I immediately bought the domain, um, the internet's second favorite dad. <laughs> and it really took off for me. It really took off. Uh, I just hashtag you. No, so I just really went. And what I was worried about didn't actually end up being as much of a concern. Because my when I'm not hosting a television show, which I hope to host another one, yeah. and I've always pitched. I, you know, pitching stopped, obviously. Production has been really solid, especially in Canada, but it was mostly shows that were already in development yes. or already in production. So pitching a new idea during the pandemic was pretty much yeah. off. Um, and then, so when I'm not doing something on TV, I'm doing corporate gigs and uh, or performing in theater venues or comedy clubs live, mm -hmm. like live audiences. So those were gone as well. And so I was like, okay, how am I going to create content for this social media digital audience? And so I just started doing it. You were one of my first guests on my Facebook live yes. post yeah. and it was a complete technological disaster. That's the fun uh, part, my though. family still laughs at the fact that my first, I, I don't think actually you weren't on my first broadcast. My very first broadcast, it was, I was solo Facebook live yeah. and I'd mounted my phone in a way that it didn't reposition right. the, uh, the landscape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was broadcasting sideways Fantastic. for the first 20 minutes. I could hear my family <laughs> laughing in the basement. I thought, I'm killing it. I'm killing the show. My family's even laughing. And so I was I was sideways for half the broadcast and it was horrible. But anyway, at the end of the day, what I got good at, I did I did about 20 to 25 weekly productions when the pandemic hit. Did you really? And it was all oh my God. I did, yeah. I just weekly productions and just going into the domain that I was not comfortable with with which yeah. was so social media, YouTube, Facebook, and you were eventually were one of the guests. Um, and later on, you and your family came on one of my yeah. live New Year's Eve um, uh, shows as well, but a little further on in the pandemic when I was trying out a new problem. But my point is, is that at the end of the day, I got proficient enough in the digital media landscape that I was able to port that over to my core audience, which is that corporate audience, who were starving yes. for ways to connect mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And I just came up with my first product was Cash Cab Guy does a little interactive coffee break. Yeah. I'll just pop into one of your Zoom meetings and do something. Amazing. And it was like, it just popped. And then all of a sudden now I'm doing turnkey productions of hosting entire plenary sessions, moderating panels. And one of my dreams always was to have second screen um, uh, gamification yeah. for anything that I did. And so I've explored about two or three different uh, apps and I've now licensed an app where, you know, you're watching my show and you're playing the trivia questions that I'm asking on screen contestants at the same time. Yes. I've got hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of people Phenomenal. attending events that I'm hosting and producing at the same time. Time. And so for me, it wasn't like, oh, I, I, I don't have to get the million hits on YouTube mm -hmm. with a little jokey joke thing, which is, as you know, you can't just do it <laughs> and expect to have that it. traction. Exactly. Right? You No, you can do it no, 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 and you no. are doing it. Yes, but you know, you're not going to turn I understand it over. my little TikToks. I get it. That's fine. Listen, it started off being <laughs> really sweet to me and now it's it. turned sour. I'm telling you. You're, but I, I can't reinvent myself <laughs> to do what you do in like a period of 18 months, but I can deliver to my core audience. Sure. That, 
that came from the confidence after meeting someone like you, and I remember the first time we met at, uh, at, a, at a digital media yes, conference. that's right. And I was like, I don't really do this stuff. And you were like, literally, looked, you said, you can do this. <laughs> exactly. Stop it. Yeah. You can totally do this. <laughs> and so I just, you know, I got some, inf- I, I'm not going to lie, I got some inspiration from you. It wasn't the same uh, landscape. It wasn't the same product. And I think that's why we're still friends, because you don't see me as any threat. <laughs> 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 well, there's no hope that I'm going to vote for me. Yeah. Land yeah. another compliment. Yeah. That's there good. We go. um, well, I mean, yeah. it's it has been really amazing because there's been so many people who, uh, especially in media and entertainment and stuff like that, who just they just like I don't know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And I mean, I think that's one of the interesting things about the the pandemic and the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff is that kind of like forced opportunity on people, right? Like it's sort of was like, well. What else are you going to do? You're going to figure it out. But I mean, you do it so great. I mean, you, and I remember actually talking to you that first time. And I think it was the first time was when I was trying to do a live stream from the hallway of an event and tried to get you uh, in. And you and I sort of went through and and co-hosted this live stream. Um, And it was terrible reception and the audio was horrible and everything was really terrible. But my point of that being is that is, you know, when I said to you, you know, you can do this, it's like what I was basically saying is, is listen, it's going terribly. It's really, really awful. And I feel you too will awful, will do an awful job at this just like I am right now. Trust me, Adam, there will be a time in about three years where you're going to be live streaming sideways and you're going to be so proud. (laughs) That you did it, you did it. But I, listen, I have to. I have to preface one thing. I have to make sure that um, you know the 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 pivot, which is the word that people are trying to put back on the shelf, or mm-hmm. the transition to the digital media landscape for me. I, I I like to put a little context to that because the reality is is that yes, I freaked out like millions of people around the world, uh, but I also have things going for me that a lot of other people might not have right. going, and I'm not being. Um, I'm not uh, being condescending about this yeah. or, or not condescending. I'm not being, you know, self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. But number one, I've got privilege. Sure. So when I was freaking out yeah. and even in the early stages when I went to market and my computer crapped out on me and I had to buy a new computer, I could get a, new, could computer, get a new computer. Like delivered to my door. Yes. And there's people that, you know, artists like me, comedians and musicians sure. that have connectivity restrictions yeah. and they just don't have thousands of dollars for internet and computers to get connected. So I have that privilege. And then I also have the brand. I had over 10 years as the cash cab guy. So if I was just corporate comedian X going, Hey, I've got this thing. They say, well, maybe we'll try it. I don't know. And what are you charging? And you know, it's like, but I had brand awareness, Mm -hmm. which again is connected to that first factor, which is the privilege that I have of working, um, in the market. At the end of the day, yes, I ended up going for the corporate market, which is a tried and true market for me. And the fourth reason, sure, at that point in time, yes, I really did have to hustle. Yeah. I really did have to learn quickly. I really did have to be creative. But I like to put context that, you know, there are creative people who work just as hard as me that have um, connectivity restrictions that it would be unfair for me to say, hey, you know, if I could do it, you can totally uh, do it. And they're like, you know, I don't have a home studio with yeah. two full high-speed internet connections and a backup sure. battery that gives you know power for four hours yeah. and everything like that. Because, and and at the end of the day, we have you and I both have to recognize we love the digital sphere. We oh, yeah. love this landscape, but there's a lot of comics, for instance, that don't even want to work in that. Yeah, all they want to do is get back on stage. Sure, and I feel for them, and it's just starting to happen now. So I'm excited to 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 support that in other ways as well. So, well, I appreciate anyway, you, you you saying that to demonstrate the least likable qualities of you, which is uh, empathy and self-awareness. <laughs> the least um, uh, entertaining, at least. <laughs> You're so earnest and so lovely. I mean, it's, I think that's one of the great things is, is uh, talking to is realizing, oh, he's just like a super nice guy, even though you're, uh, you were born in the States. Is that right? Yeah, even though I was, yeah. you, that's a, isn't it in like your, your, your well, birth I, it's, genetic? It's suddenly, yeah. when you, people realize you're born in the States, you're like, oh, well, that explains like the reaction to uh, political change in the U.S. with, I need to learn how to fight and save people from dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in New York, but we didn't live there for any length of time. I just have the benefit, another privilege yes. of having dual citizenship and being able to vote yeah. in America and uh, participate in that dialogue uh, in a different way. But um, 
you know, that that's about it. I don't, you know, we have American friends and relatives and, uh, you know, that's my closest connection. To, <laughs> I you were going to say you're to and, America And they're right totally now. fine. They're very, very nice people. Yeah. And they are estranged. Uh, um, yeah. No, they're not. So tell me, uh, what is, uh, what, what do you, what do you, like now you've sort of, are you still building sort of your social presence as we're coming out of the pandemic now? Um, not to date this too much, but as we're coming out of it, uh, are you looking to continue with what you've done or are you, are you just, are you itching to be like back out there and doing live stuff? Are you going to drop all this internet crap and go back to live stuff? Well, all I could say is now that the Berlin wall has come and down mm. is not to timestamp this. At no, all. not to exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now that the... <laughs> <laughs> now that the Wright brothers have, <laughs> have taken flight inv- successfully, not to timestamp this, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you: as uh, the other advantage to to having uh, transitioned to some success in, uh, in the virtual world is I don't mind being alone mm-hmm. in my studio. Yeah. Uh, a lot of assumptions are made about comedians and entertainers that we're extroverts and we need to be around people. Not everybody, some, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more introverted than people might expect. I certainly love performing live. I did my first in-person performance in over a year. Um, and I've done very few. Most of them are like um, hybrid remote. But I did my first in-person performance just about a week ago. Right. And it was um, for the Jay's Care Foundation at a very well-regulated, and the reason I agreed to do it was outdoor uh, event, yeah. small numbers, everybody had to be double vaxxed, yeah. and there was a, um, a COVID screen test right. that you had to so you know, lots, do the swab. Lots uh, of safety precautions stay. in place there. All the comfort things that I need to perform live. Yeah. But I literally was like, I was doing my live quiz show, yeah. uh, which I've transitioned to the landscape of the digital world with augmented second screen sure. and mobile app with everything. But I was like, I hadn't done a live quiz show yeah. with contestants on stage separated from me. I even brought the, like, the Lysol to spray the microphones, everything. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> I haven't performed in front of people in over a year. Yeah. Like that might not sound like a long time, but for no, a, a an entertainer or a musician yeah. or, or a stand-up comedian, it's like, I was like, I don't even do it. And, and the rush was, oh. Oh, was it good? It just, it, w- it went over so well. They loved it. I mean, I part of it is like, are they just so hungry for live entertainment? Because <laughs> they admitted to me afterwards, you know, they were, I don't know how this is going to go. And, you know, because it wasn't like a, a conducive environment for comedy because it was an open air tented environment with not full capacity. You know, that vibe you yeah. get when you're at a comedy show. You're packed in there. Yeah. You've had a couple drinks. Everyone's there's together. Energy, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, you know, it was like spread out and they were like, how's this going to go? And I just like, I just brought it because I was just so excited. And so maybe they were also just so hungry for live entertainment that it could have been anything, right? Yeah. But I just think that, you know, the, the combination of those things. And so on the one hand, I think the world we live in right now is always going to have these hybrid virtual events. And now it's just a matter of me keeping up to the technology because I kind of right. got ahead of the curve with some of the technology and be able to provide a turnkey online event. Um, but now there's studios I'm working with. Uh, I'm doing an event next week um, that I did last year, Repeat Hybrid, where we're in a remote studio with a small crew and only a few guests, but everybody else is watching from around the world online. Amazing. So it's got that live feel, but also extensive audience. And that's the that's actually not a pandemic measure. That's a, a business model, uh, an, uh, an attendee mm-hmm. model that can expand audiences for events. Yeah. I'm attending more events than I normally would because I don't have to fly and put myself up and and everything like that. I'm getting a lot more uh, content. So I think I will continue to really be thrilled to keep up with the virtual world. And as soon as we get through Delta Wave 4 and we get that 90% Mm-hmm. Uh, population and we we and we continue to get things under control. I think that live venues are gonna, you know, these rapid tests and these um, the the vaccination passports. People are making a big deal about it, but it will be as close to life being back to normal, yep. and you're not even gonna think about it. I after agree. A while. I think in like two years, you're not even gonna. It's not even gonna be a blip. It's no. like oh yeah, even if it, like during flu season, you have to mask up while like, you're waiting cares? in line or whatever. Yeah. 
Nobody's going to care. No. We're going to be back. We're going to be seeing stuff. We're going to be uh, enjoying live entertainment. Uh, and at the same time, being able to, you know, well, I'm, I can't go to Montreal for C2 this year. I'm going to attend online or, or yeah. you know, whatever, whatever yeah. conference. You know, South by Southwest, I can't go this year to Austin, but I'm going to go online and it's going to be great because everybody's mastered how to, to, to deliver content in these platforms now. And I'm just, I'm excited about it. It's a, it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. If there's a silver lining. You know, yeah. and I'll, I'll preface that like this technology I discovered existed before COVID. Sure. It just wasn't being used. Yes. Yeah. And now that people are using it, um, people are mastering it and be, and attendees are becoming more comfortable on how to enjoy events that are using. It. And it's, there's amazing stuff out there. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out of this time period that has been, again, that part of that forced opportunity where people are going to uh, have had had to learn how to use technology they didn't use necessarily before but was available before and it's there's going to be a lot of things that come out of it and this is my big hope is that people are going to come out of it and go oh okay um you know uh we can it's now okay for us to have a meeting on zoom or something like that that's okay it, it's better that we'll be able to connect that way and even like my folks like my folks we they they were having like a, a healthcare worker in to talk to them the other day and they wanted me to be part of the conversation so I just sat in front of my computer and I zoomed into their Google Max thing. So my head was in the, on the coffee table, you know, like this sort of like bodiless head. Um, and it's wonderful. I think it's really, really great. And I mean, and not to date this, not to timestamp this too much, but Germany's just surrendered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to your folks. <laughs> to your my folks. folks. Basically, That's why they wanted me to. Yeah, your folks. They wanted me to Google Hangout in. Exactly. And they're like, listen, we've got some yeah, big news. Come hang out in our, in, our little, in our little MS team section. And we've got some news for you. <laughs> War is over, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, it's so good to hear you saying that the, uh, you know, it was a rush to get back to do st stuff live. That's been my biggest, uh, because I'm uh, biggest concern for me because I, I'm a bit of a hermit. Like I, I'm I, like, as we're talking right now, I'm down in my little music room studio and it's soundproofed. It's, uh, you know, I'm closed in and, uh, I feel it's like a dog in a crate. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, he's the dog dog wants, thinks he wants to run, but he'd rather be in his crate sometimes. And that's how I feel. And I'm worried that I, you know, people, I realize I'm going to have to just start doing stuff live again. And I'm being asked, I'm being booked for speaking gigs and stuff like that. And I'm like, I got to psych myself up for this, man. Like, not that I'm concerned about safety, but just that being in the, in with a bunch of people is weird still. It's still super weird for me. Yeah. I think the adrenaline will, will bring it back to you yeah. and, uh, and you'll find that you'll, you'll step into it like, at least I felt as if it was like, okay, I'll, it just had to sink back into your body yeah. for a couple of minutes and, and everything was okay. But the, I think the win-win the for you is there's always going to be an appetite for that short, consumable, mm -hmm. fake press conference <laughs> uh, or parody song with a little bit of a drone shot uh -huh. uh, that you have just, just kind of I like the tone you're taking with this, nailed. describing this. No, it's all sounding it's, like you're- No, it's there. Yeah. With a little bit of a People drone shot it. and there's the shot of your feet and then there's always that close up where you're looking kind of like concerned and it's really great. You've done a really great <laughs> and job. And I have noticed that most most of your recent videos have not featured your usual cast of live characters. So I'm like, oh, oh, so, um, <laughs> you know, he really has become a hermit. He's totally, he's being antisocial. Yeah. And that was why, like, for me, it was like, okay, when we record this, really, do I have to like, yeah. And we, it's on video. Like, I mean, you look great. On the one hand, no, but on the one hand, like if you are making a podcast and you're not video recording yeah. it for asynchronous yes. post-production mm -hmm. promotional material, you're, you're not thinking properly. But on the other hand, I'm like, really? Do I have to kind of watch what my hair looks like? <laughs> you know, and you know what you get for, you're getting the shirt yeah. that I earned for last night's online event that I hosted. It looks great. Um, instead of, like, you, if you think I'm going to iron a new shirt for a podcast interview for a 30-second no, clip that you're You're no newbie to this. You know exactly. You're a professional. You realize I'm not going to iron this shirt a second time. It'll be a dark-colored shirt. You'll never see the wrinkles on camera. It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Iron it a second time? No. I'm, I was talking about ironing a new shirt exclusively for this oh, no, podcast interview. I, I, definitely not worth that. The virtual world, I'm wearing like the same clothes yeah. for all sorts of events. Like the personal hygiene, it's gone out it's the gonna, window. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. About it. yeah. Well, until they invent, you know, smell-o-vision basically is what's going to, that'll be the change. Right. That'll be the change. That's the next big thing. I'm going to get ahead of the curve on that one. I've got two more questions for you. Uh, the first question is, let me know a really great tip. 
So it can be about anything. I'll give you an example. Uh, Richard Krauss was a guest in the show. And Richard, this is my favorite tip to sort of share as an example. So he said, here's my really great tip. If you're trying to juice a lime, which when it, wh- who amongst us hasn't been trying to juice a lime? And uh, he said, what you do is you get one of those little juicer clam things, you know, like little clam things, you put the, the half of the lime down and you press it down and, and you squish it down and the juice comes out. He goes, cut the top centimeter off the other side of the lime, then juice it. You get twice as much juice out of it. Ooh. That's a good tip, right? That's a nice A one. really great tip, That's a good one might say. Tip. So what's your really great tip? Yeah. Oh my God. All, all your, you've inspired is now food great tips. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'll give you another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nancy Robertson's uh, great tip was uh, someone asked you to do a Zoom meeting. Maybe put a little lip on. <laughs> on the Zoom filter? Like a little... No, no. I mean, he's like, put some lipstick on. Maybe maybe do your hair. Do a little, oh. you know, put some lipstick on. Oh, great. Now I feel bad for not showering this morning for this <laughs> podcast interview. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> Stick to your animated world. Look at her. She's like, mostly, her most of her adult life has been as a cartoon. And she's telling yeah. me I need to put lipstick on. Well, it wasn't you specifically. She didn't say uh, tell Adam Grow that, but yeah. This is my really yeah. great tip for Adam uh, Grow. <laughs> my goodness. Great tip. Tips. Anything, absolutely anything. Um, I could go back to the food. Here's my here's my food tip then. Um, when you take an apple out of the fridge and you're going to wash it and eat it, and hopefully you are washing it and eating it, um, a lot of people grab their apples right out of the grocery store. Bin just wash and them and never them, eat them. Never. Yeah, they just don't. You know, wash it and eat it, yeah. Um, before you wash it, take a little paring knife mm-hmm a flat one, not a serrated one, and scrape around the entire surface, not too hard that you're gonna bruise the apple, but light enough that you're gonna take off all the wax covering. Oh. That's on that apple. Even organics have a little bit of sometimes wax spray, sometimes captures a little dirt in there. Then wash it. Uh I would recommend a little bit warm water and a good one of those veggie sprays, wash the apple. If you don't believe me that that's a good tip, go ahead and wash your apple, even with some veggie spray. Mm -hmm. And then as, as you're about to take your first bite, then take the paring knife and do a little scrape and see what's still on there before you eat that apple. That's my, that's my. Well, that was really good. That was, I, well, I'll Take the scudge off your apple, folks, and the world will be a better place. That's a really great tip. That's really good. And I, I mean, for those people out there that have a good half hour, 45 minutes to eat one apple, that's a great tip for them <laughs> to do that. That's fantastic. Yeah. If, you, if you're telling me you're not going to take 20 seconds to scrape off the pesticides and wax from your apple and you're saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. I, just, I don't have that kind of time. I've got TikToks to make here. I've got an agenda. <laughs> this sounds like a personal attack to me. Uh, here's my last question to you. My last question is um, if you could go back in time to one year ago, just one year, not like when you were a child or anything, just one year ago, and you're sitting there and out of the ether appears you and you have one thing to say to yourself. What are you going to say? Do you want me to give you an example or do you want me to just... Uh... Oh, one thing is going to be an example. A year and it's... One year. So specifically... I'll give you an, a great example is... Uh, oh, Giselle had a great one. Um, damn it. I've lost it though. I'll go back to Nancy and Brent. So uh, Brent said uh, he'd go back to himself a year ago and he'd say, buy the damn typewriter. And he, cause he just bought a typewriter for himself. He loves typewriters. He bought a typewriter like two months ago. And he's like, it's brought me so much joy, but I wanted it a year ago as well. And I could have been happy this whole time. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. A year ago, I would have said, check that the ethernet connection is still connected to the modem that you're using to broadcast. Because I think I got lucky uh, as my online events were popping at about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm timestamping this, but at about a year ago, um, you're, I didn't have like the double high-speed internet and you're, everybody's at the mercy of my internet connection right. for the entire event. Yeah. Guests, attendees, mm-hmm. my performance, it's all happening through my virtual studio right. in the cloud. And uh, after a number of events, um, that went mostly really, really well. There was a couple of events where it was a little laggy or whatever. And I eventually, when I bought a secondary dedicated fiber optic connection yeah. for my home studio, 
which was separate because, okay, so then there was the whole thing a year ago. It was like, everybody, I've got an online event right now for the next hour. Nobody's scrolling social media or watching anything on that. I need all the bandwidth in the house. Like, it was like, that was the whole thing I had to do with everybody in our household. Like, and of course, everybody lives on their phones. So I eventually got dedicated fiber optics for my office. Nobody even has the password. Mm -hmm. It's just me. And when I was transitioning and moving over, I literally um, picked up the modem and the ethernet cable in the back uh, had had been so loose, like the little clippity yeah, clip that thing. that you push down you know, to push in. You yeah, know, yeah. I think the Heimlich family invented those little clippity clip <laughs> things. This is why I can't call them the Heimlich clips. No, they're abdominal thrust clips is what they're called now. That is a callback to about an hour ago in this podcast, unless <laughs> Brittle Star edits that whole thing out. Um, so the little clippity clip of the ethernet cable uh-huh. was so loose and whatever that the cord basically just was hanging on by gravity, my connection. Right. Um, and that should have been my tip. You can take out the Apple tip. This is my tip. If okay. you are attending events, mm-hmm. if you are doing anything online that you require a good live stream connection, it's a good idea every once in a while to reset your modem. Yeah, that's good. Right? Unplug it, yeah. take the ethernet cable out, count to 60, plug everything back in, you get a fresh start. So I, I think that the little Heimlich clippity clip mm-hmm. on the ethernet cable was so um, destroyed because I was doing so many events, I was unclipping so often right. that I must have busted it. So be careful. You know you don't that's, have to unplug your internet double... every time you're done on the internet, right? Not, not every time I'm done, no, but when I'm setting up for a live oh, okay. show, like I, I might go for th- three or four days, just letting it, like we're just streaming whatever, it's right? just once a in a while. It's, someone, right. it's just a Listen, I understand I, you're not unplugging it every time. I thought you were more you like a British thing where you're like turning. have inspired pa- anger. And <laughs> I'm not going to be apologetic for this one. No, I would just reset before a lot okay, of Okay, all right, all right. So all right. I, I that's, got a that's good, good I appreciate that. That's, that's yeah. good. See, that's good. Both of those answers were good. I thought they were great. I was expecting maybe like a, uh, something on brand you could do. Maybe, maybe you, like, do you ever, do you want to just like get a, get away from the cash camp thing? Or are you like one of those, are you sort of like, no, that was good. I, I like the fact that people connect me i will be honest with you i'll give you another moment of honesty brittle stuff oh, for good. you and i've never said this out loud okay. i'm going to say something out loud for the first time right. ever if they were to come back and say we're making more cash mm-hmm. cap, i would act and i can say this because there's no stakes because i don't think they're ever going to uh, make more cash cap canada but if they ever mm-hmm. did i'd say they want to make more cash cap i'd say it needs to be someone else <gasps> who's the host you wouldn't do it eh? it needs to be someone else it needs to, I would love to host more cash. Game. Yeah. And this is why. It needs to be someone who doesn't look or sound or have the same intersectionalities uh-huh. as me. Because after eight seasons of Cash yeah. Cab, I can't tell you how proud of, especially during the pandemic and repeats, I get fan mail now. We haven't made a new episode in five or six, I don't know, four or five years anyway. People watching repeats ago, this has been one of my go-to guilty pleasures during the pandemic. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And it's just like, Listen, those were made before the pandemic, you know, we're not, and so they just love yeah. it. So the brand awareness for me on Cash Cab from a personal and professional standpoint is something that I will always embrace. I will always love talking about Cash Cab and be very uh, grateful and humble for the opportunity to have hosted a show that resonates with so many people, especially mm-hmm. across Canada. And so when you say, do you want to get off that thing? I say, never. Good. I will always want to, as long as people love it. But that's why I would say someone else needs a shot that um, might not have got it 10 years ago. I, I got that role in 2008. And again, I had that, that background and whatever privilege got me into a situation as a, you know, listen, uh, white guy host, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, just, that's, that's no other way to yeah. say it, yeah. right? Um, and, uh, and there are other talented people that need the shots at something like this. You know, I was, I was a headline comedian before Cash Cab and I had other things going mm-hmm. for me for sure. Um, but it definitely popped things open. And it's been the reason that I've been able to be um, successful and creative uh, in the last 18 months, for sure. Um, not just my hustle. So someone else, that's why I say, I will talk about it forever, but I will also say someone else should get these opportunities. Well, you're, I mean, you're, you're just underlining the fact of how annoyingly nice you are when you say that, but that's... It's nice to hear. It's not nice. It's real. I'm. I'm not trying to. I, I really. Well, I you know. And again, the stakes are. Nice. It's like nobody's asking to make more cash cap. It's like 
What if somebody? Okay, Adam. Like if they really did, you're saying no way. I, I would say I would say if it's someone that looks, in, uh, if it's another one of me, then I'm 100 percent doing yeah. it. You're not getting another one of yeah. me. Um, but you know, when you look at the market of talented hosts and comedians sure. in this country and in North America, there are people who don't have the same intersectionality as me that would just do it and equally. And then they did their shot, which is good. Cash I like that. No, that's good. And they would have an opportunity to make corporate stuff and and have that brand for themselves. Give them eight seasons too. Uh, you know, and it's not this is not a charity thing. This is I just want to make it clear. I don't I don't want to come across as if like give the the people like they're talented and there's, there's reasons that they're not Stop being so you know, apologetic. Anyway, this the, is this is the thing that I for, you know people listening, um, I I give you a hard time about this all the time about being so damn nice and just so and you'll do things. You'll be like, well, I'd like to do this kind of thing. Maybe I'll do it for charity. I'm like, you know what, Adam, you're the charity. Okay, take take some money for yourself for once. <laughs> Maybe maybe take me out for a there drink was, or yeah. meal or something. Flash you know what forward, I mean? that type of thing. Yeah, on the on on season fifteen of uh, of your really great podcast, you're like, uh, remember that whole thing you said about uh, before? It's like I can't believe I turned down cash cab. I what was I thinking? You know. That's how I'm going to sound in 15 years. Well, that's going to be quite the transition. Ah, It's good. Yeah, you'll be able to go with uh, Grams from Dawson Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, Jennifer. (laughs) Oh, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. Come over here. Let me crab my guy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll be like the octogenarian in there. Okay, put on your chokehold. I'll be able to get out of it still. (laughs) No, not the Heimlich, the choke. <laughs> Listen, Adam, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting. I really appreciate your time, as always. I mean, you're you're literally one of my favorite people, and uh, it's as I said before, it's it's really exciting to have a chance to actually know you in person for real. And I look forward to actually seeing you for real. Uh, in person I feel this. Too. I feel this. So. I feel the same way. I feel I cut you off. I apologize. I, I'm being apologetic again, but I feel the same way. We've done some stuff together in person and uh, you and your family are a real treat. So we should get together for a pint or for a comedy sketch oh, or something. something. But I'm I'm grateful for uh, the opportunity to talk to you again on your podcast. Well, too. thanks so much for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Really Great Podcast is fueled by our well-caffeinated friends at Club Coffee. Don't get too excited because there's no actual club to join. It's just a weird name. I don't know why they chose that name, but they did, and they're called Club Coffee. The good news is they make delicious compostable coffee pods. You can find it retailers across Canada, like Loblaws, Amazon, and Costco. If you're not into coffee, sorry. Oh, and they're Canadian too, eh? Uh, that, uh, Adam Grow is so amazing. He's so funny and he's so like annoyingly modest and good. Um, he does way more than he, he lets on and, uh, I make fun of him for it because he's just a better person than I am, which is, I mean, I'm glad there are people that are better than I am. Otherwise the world would be terrible, right? But such an amazing conversation. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to the conversation as well. And of course you can find Adam, you know, online, look for Adam Grow. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. And I, I hope to, uh, to see you back here for the next episode. Stay well. <laughs>